clear today, and I'm not going to read the entire thing, but for the sake of uh, this portion of the preaching of the gospel, uh, Psalms 124, I'm just only going to read verse number one. However, I want you to keep your Bibles open because I'm going to uh, uh, preach the text today. You all have a pastor that I, I don't know nothing else. I don't know nothing else but to preach the word of God. Amen. Because I know one thing, if I preach the word of God, I can't go wrong. Amen. If I don't preach what I, my theory and what I heard and, and different things like that, I, I can't go wrong as long as I stay in the word of God. So Psalms 124 verse 1 is a song of degrees of David. And listen what David says. David said, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say. Now, you know, I always encourage you saints put to put yourself in the text. You can write your name right there in there. Don't scratch out Israel because the Bible said don't, don't, don't take away from the Bible. But I don't think that he'll mind if you put your name there, that if it had not been for the Lord on our side, now may Gary Watkins say, amen, now may Gary Watkins say. Let me start off there by saying that one of the most unsettling words in our vocabulary is the word if. This simple word is bursting with possibilities, both good and bad. In fact, it, it expresses what might or could happen if conditions or circumstances prove favorable, as well as what might or could happen if they do not. And perhaps more than any other word, if quietly conveys the uncertainties of life. And so when you look at Psalms 124, Psalms 124 begins with the word if. Hangang's uh -huh. people looked back on a serious attack by the enemy and acknowledged what would have happened if the Lord had not been on their side. And so it's Psalm of David. It, it, it became one of the songs of the Israelites sang as they journeyed up to Jerusalem to worship. It is a psalm of thanksgiving that really praises the Lord for his faithful presence and uh, protection. And so any number of occasions could have prompted David to write this particular psalm. David became known as a man of war because uh, of the numerous attacks launched against him uh, by his enemies. And so confident of God's powerful presence with him, he never backed down from the fight. And I come to encourage somebody, you need to be like David. You need to get that David spirit in this aspect and don't back down from uh, the fight. Many scholars believe that the fierce Philistines attacked on David immediately after he was anointed as king is what caused him to compose this psalm. And so hundreds of years later, a new generation of Jews, they adopted this psalm to praise God for a more recent victory. 
In fact, many commentators, they speculate that it was song to celebrate God's deliverance of his people from Babylonian uh, captivity. Well, well, whatever reason why this particular psalm was uh, composed, why it was written, uh, this psalm of gratitude ought to inspire us to reflect on our own lives uh, and ask ourselves what we might be like and where we would be right now if it had not been for the Lord on our side. And so this text, it really, it really, it really causes us to think about that when we face a crisis or some type of adversity, we ought to consider what might happen without the Lord. And you know, I really don't even, I don't even really, to be honest with you, I don't even want to try to think about what my life would be like without God. Because the fact of the matter is, the Bible said it's in him that we live, we move, we have our very being. Without God, I could do absolutely nothing. Without God, I would I would fail. And so look at your Bibles quickly. Look at your Bibles because when you look at this particular passage of scripture and when you glance down at verses one through five, one of the things that David is really trying to convey to us, he's trying to convey to us and let us know that we ought to acknowledge that God is on our side. I, I, I don't want you to get it twisted here. I don't want us to think of the negative that if God wasn't on our side, David is really trying to get us to acknowledge that God is on our side. The psalmist considered, he considered, first of all, what would have become of Israel had it not been for the Lord, as he described the attack of the enemy in graphic terms right here in our text he concluded that he concluded that 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 the nation of Israel would have been destroyed without the Lord's help and so the repetition of if it had not been for the Lord on our side. That's how he starts verse one. That's how he starts verse two. And so, and so this, this thought, uh, uh, provoking statement, really, if we look at it, it's, it's, it may be poetic in nature, but more important, it is for emphasis purposes. Uh, here's the purpose, simply because of this, because Israel, uh, had been victorious only because of the Lord. Not only that, but the outcome would have been tragically different without the Lord's help. Well, let me pause here. Can you think of any situation that you have experienced in your life, my God, that you can't help but to say, that if it had not been for the Lord's help, the outcome, somebody, look, the outcome may not have been what you even desired for it to be. Oh, but somebody, you ought to be honest, the outcome would have been much worse 
if it had not been for the Lord's help. And so Israel, they had a purpose. The Lord is to be praised for his faithful presence and his help. And so through his covenant promise, the Lord had assured Israel that he was on their side. Therefore, they knew, they knew they could turn to him when their enemies attacked and some other trouble arose in their life. When you look down at verses three and five, stay, stay with me in the text, uh, 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 you would have to admit that if it wasn't for the Lord on our side, uh, we would be doomed. Somebody ought to say, I would be doomed. Your doomsday would have happened a long time ago, according to verses three and five, because the psalmist he vividly portrayed what would have happened to Israel without the Lord on their side. Notice what he says. They would have been utterly doomed to destruction by their enemy. I want you to catch that. By their enemy, whose, uh, whose wrath he compared to both fire and flood. You read it, you read it. You see, because when their adversaries, uh, my God, anger was inflamed, verse 3 says, it would have swallowed them alive. You have to notice that word quick. There's a word in there that says quick. Well, I need you to understand that that word quick does not mean hastily or speedily. You got to understand, it has a different term. Some of you thought it was going to mean it's going to it was going to devour them real quick. That's not what that word means in this particular text. It means, watch this, it means living or alive. In other words, it was going to get them while they was alive. It, it, they was going, my God, they was going to know it was coming at them. And so the picture is, watch this, the picture is of a person who is burning alive. Oh, my God. My God, you're burning alive. You can feel the pain, the, the, the pain. It means completely consumed by flames while still living. That's what the enemy would have done to Israel. And then finally, Israel would have drowned in the furious waters of the enemy's assault. They would have been wholly engulfed by the flood of opposition swept away helplessly to their death by the raging waters of the adversities of adversaries attack. Notice something. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. Miss it. If not for God, where would each of us be today? My God, it's good to talk about Israel. It's good to know our history. But I want to know if it wasn't for God, where would we be today? My God, what would our lives be like? It is good for us to pause and think about these questions that I'm asking us today. What if the Lord had not loved us enough to send his son to die for our sin? What if, what if, what if he had gave us what we really deserve? What would have happened if God had not pursued us with his offer of salvation? You know, the Bible said that we couldn't come to him unless he drew us. What if God had left us out there all by ourselves? Where would we be if he had not sent someone 
to share the gospel with us? What would our lives be like if we had not been saved by God's grace and transformed into new beings? Oh my God, what would have happened? Can I talk to you? What, what would have happened had God not protected us when we made foolish decisions. Come on, let's be transparent. Some of us have made some very foolish decisions in our lives, but what would have happened or when we willingly chose to disobey him or when we ran with the wrong crowd or when we took stupid risk, what would have become of us if the Lord had not delivered us from rash behavior and sinful habits or dangerous addictions? Where would we be today if the Lord had not strengthened us to endure unbearable trials? Each of us needs to think about the worst thing that ever happened to us. My God, whatever that may have been. Perhaps it was abuse. Somebody said, Pastor, I'm trying not to remember it. And Paul said, forget those things which are behind, but I'm trying to get you to understand that if it had not been for the Lord on your side, perhaps it was abuse. Maybe it was a violent attack. Maybe you went through a bad divorce. Maybe you lost uh, your job or your business. Maybe it was uh, a life threatening illness. Maybe somebody, you're listening to me and you had to suffer severe depression. Maybe you had death of a child. Maybe your husband died. Maybe your wife died. Maybe your mama, maybe your daddy died. Oh, I'm going to feel like preaching in a minute. How would we have made it if it had not been for the Lord on our side. And so without question, without question, we should offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually in return for what he has done for us. I'm going to give you all a moment to put those hands together and tell God, thank you. Say, God, I'm glad that you've been on my side. It wasn't because uh, of who my parents were. It wasn't because uh, of who I think that I am, but it was nobody but you. Do I have anybody that got a nobody but you spirit? I didn't accomplish whatever I have accomplished on my own, but I understand and recognize the fact that it was nobody but God. Somebody ought to throw those hands in there and say nobody but God. And then when you look at uh, Verses six and seven. Let me run through the text real quick. When you look at verses one, verses six through seven, David says something else. David says, you ought to praise God for protecting you. Mm, I'm going to let y'all think about that. Praise God for protecting you. The psalmist, my God. And later on, God's thankful people they praise the Lord for protecting them from their determined enemies. I don't want you to miss that. You know, some of these enemies out here nowadays, they are determined. They are determined to destroy us. They are determined to destroy the church. They are determined to destroy 
anything that look like God. Hey, but in these verses, the psalmist, my God, he compared Israel to a helpless animal. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He said, had it not been for the Lord, my God, God's people would have been, notice what he said, devoured by their adversary. I don't want you to miss that word. They would have been devoured. My God, in verse number six, look at verse number six. Y'all stick with me. Look in the Bible. Look in the Bible. My God, notice what he says in verse six. He says that he protects you from those who would rip you apart. My God, my God. Y'all don't miss it. Those that will rip you apart. David suggested, watch this, a third image to illustrate the fierceness of Israel's foes. The enemy was like a ferocious animal that sought to rip the nation apart with his forceful, razor-sharp teeth. Oh, but thankfully, the Lord protected his people from this beastly adversary, defending them against its attack and delivering them from certain destruction. I need y'all to know the devil ain't playing no more. You know, he started out playing two square with us. Y'all remember two square? For those that don't remember two square, he he started off playing a a jump rope with us. Come on here. Uh, He started off playing, playing, playing hopscotch with us. But the devil, he ain't playing two square and hopscotch no more. Why? Or jump rope? Because he knows his time is not long. And so it's the devil's desire to rip us completely apart. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy us. He comes to rip us apart. But somebody ought to say, thank God for Jesus. Jesus said, I come that you might have what life and that you might have it more abundantly. I'm trying to be calm here and educated today. And I noticed something else. And not only did David says that he will protect you from those who want to rip you apart, But then he says uh, that he will enable you to escape, my God, the tractors. In other words, Satan's snare. How many of y'all know God will allow you to, uh, the the devil has set a snap, my God, a snare for our feet. But you know what David said? The Lord goes before us. That's why you got to trust God. My God, David said that that the devil, he he digs pits and snares uh, for our feet, but then he turned around and said, God goes before us. How come God go before me? Because God know where every trap is. Somebody ought to shout, God know where every trap is. Hey, every trap that the enemy is trying to use against you. You need to understand, God knows where that trap is. And that's the reason why God goes before us. And that's why it would behoove each and every one of us, hallelujah, to ask God to order our steps. My God, we need to follow after God. We need to pursue after God because the Bible said God is the only one that'll make the crooked places straight for his children. And so notice something, notice something. My God, David said he enables us to escape. Uh, Satan's snare It's right there in verse seven. It just in case you don't see it, it's right there in verse number seven because David portrayed Israel as a bird caught in a fowler's or trapper snare, which was usually, my God, a net. I don't know if you've ever seen a bird get trapped, but notice something. He said, the Lord came along. Hey, 
and he tore the net. My, somebody missed that. Somebody said it jumped up right there. Aren't you glad that when the devil thought he had you trapped and he thought he had you wrapped up and tied up and tangled up, and, 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 and my God, you couldn't see no way out, my God. And now you have to come to the realization and you have to really confess uh, it was nobody but God. God was the one that came and tore that net. My God, somebody ought to shout, God, I'm glad you tore the net. Uh, some of y'all don't want your nets torn, but God says, I'm getting ready to tear them anyway. Hallelujah. Why? Because you are my child. You belong to me. I got purpose that I want to fulfill in your life. I have an anointing that I want to bestow on you, but you can't use it while you're trapped in the net. But because I know that you love me, oh, somebody ought to shout, God, I love you. Because I know that you love me, I'm going to fulfill purpose in your life, and I'm getting ready to tear the net. My God, God said he's getting ready to tear the net, and he's getting ready to set every captive free, everything that, that caused you to be helpless. God's getting ready to make a way for you to escape. And so like my God, like the nation of Israel, we as believers, we face a fierce enemy. Our enemy is Satan, whom scripture portrays as a hungry lion prowling the earth. My God, he's prowling the earth, y'all. He's seeking whom he may devour. Satan and his demonic forces pursue us relentlessly. Setting up situation. Don't you know that's what he's doing? He tried to set up situations. And you know what? The devil will arrange circumstances in order to try to tempt us. But here's the good news. Our God, my God, he protects us from Satan's attacks and all of his traps in every situation that entices us. God provides a way for us to escape. Somebody ought to shout, God provides a way for us to escape. There have no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Somebody ought to shout, God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that we may be able to bear it. My God, we have at our disposal, my brothers and sisters, all the spiritual clothing that we need to protect us from the devil's vicious assault. God has given us the armor. He's given us the armor of truth, the armor of righteousness, the armor of the gospel, the armor of faith, the armor of salvation. Somebody write, put in the chat, preach pastor, He's given us the armor of the sword of the spirit. And that's why he said, put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the wiles and the tricks of the devil. And guess what? Even greater than that, if that's not good enough, as if he's not prepared us with some clothes that you can't buy at the garment district in LA. These, my God, this garment is spiritual but he's given us something much better. Hey, he's given us something much better. What is that, Pastor Watkin? He has allowed his Holy Spirit to dwell within every genuine believer. And so therefore, whenever temptation strikes us, whenever crisis we have to face, I stop by here to tell you we're not alone. God's power is within us. Somebody ought to confess today, I got God's power. 
and God's power is down on the inside of me. It's a power that's greater than any obstacle or appointment, my God, appointed, my God, appointed that we can ever imagine. Help me preach, Brother Paul, Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him who is able, somebody else shout, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And so we have to understand many people, you feel trapped. You feel trapped by circumstances beyond your control. And like a bird caught helplessly in a net, maybe it's a sickness or a handicap. Let me talk to y'all for a few more minutes. Maybe it's a lost job or a failed business. Maybe it's an unfulfilling marriage. Maybe it's a difficult child. Maybe it's a, a persecution or poverty. And these are just a few examples of situations that can hold us, my God, in their choking grip. But my God, I got a word for you. God's word never guarantees us, listen to this, that our circumstances will change. He never guaranteed us that. But it does promise that he can change us, my God, so that we can triumph my God, over our circumstances. God might not never bring you out of the fire. Well, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news. He might not never remove that thorn in the flesh. Uh, thank you, Jesus. But how many y'all know God will change you? Will you be able to deal that same thing that's getting ready to cause you to lose your mind? God is able to, my God, allow you to triumph. My God, right up over that thing. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, he says, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And uh, he maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us uh, in every place. In other words, no matter where I go, I could be on the mountaintop. And I, my God, I have the victory. I could be down in the valley low. But guess what? I have the victory. Storm clouds may rise uh, and stormy winds may blow. But I stopped by here to let y'all know, my God, that I found me a savior. And he's sweet, I know. He gets sweeter every day. My God, it got to the point now, and Sister Teresa tell you, her phone is almost worse than my phone now. I hate to answer the phone. Every time I answer the phone, it ain't nothing but bad news. I come here to tell you, every time I answer my phone, and from the time I wake up in the morning to the time I go to bed the next morning, y'all to catch that. Uh, it ain't nothing but seem like bad news. But guess what? I'm encouraged. Why? Because at the place I'm in right now, God is able, hallelujah, to manifest himself and make me triumph. And I'm not a victim. I refuse to say, woe is me. Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory. Not just now, but again and again. And for the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. I got to get ready to give y'all up, but the Lord, he never promises freedom. He never promises freedom from challenges. I need y'all to hear me here today. Some of y'all say, Lord, when is it going to happen? I'm just trying to hold on, Jesus. Now, when? No, I'm going to tell you, keep holding on. In the midst of what you're going through, just keep holding on. Because the Lord never promises freedom from challenges, but he does promise grace equal to our challenges. In other words, God says, my grace is sufficient. 
Paul three times. I asked the Lord to remove this thorn in my flesh. And three times God told me my grace is sufficient. God may not never remove it, but I tell you, God's got enough grace. Somebody ought to shout, God's got enough grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the rest like me. God will give us grace to equal our challenges. He will strengthen us to endure our trials and even bring us to the place where we can rejoice in them. Don't you know God will elevate you to a place? My God, I feel like preaching. God will elevate you to a place in him where you can rejoice evermore right where you are. Mm -mm. You are not, can I see your way? But God, I praise you. Hey, God, I magnify you. You might be looking at a pink slip on your job, and you know you got rent. You know you got a car payment. You know you got to buy groceries. Some of y'all got kids, and you, you're wondering, God, what am I going to do? I tell you what you ought to do. You better start rejoicing in the God of your salvation. What do I have to rejoice about? Because, Lord, I don't believe that you brought me this far to leave me now. If you did it before, somebody ought to say, God, if you did it before, I know you can do it again. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Well, let me close. Let me close. I'm not finished, but I'm going to go ahead and close it out. I'm going to close it out. But he says something else in verse number eight. I got to do this verse. He says something in verse number eight. And here's what he says to us. Here's what he says to us in verse number eight. He tells us that we need to bear strong witness for the Lord. In other words, we need to testify. Hey, my God. I said we need to start testifying. David, he bore strong witness that Israel's help is in the name of the Lord. And you know what? God's name is the representation of his character. I don't want y'all to miss it. His name is a representation of his character. His name is the Lord. Thou art Jehovah. Somebody ought to shout Jehovah God. Yeah, he's a self-existing one who reveals himself to his people. God ain't hiding up in heaven. God will reveal himself to you. He makes a covenant with us. And guess what? He's a covenant keeper. Hey, I stop by and tell you God is a covenant keeper. The Lord is faithful to his people, always overshadowing us with his unfailing love. You ought to take a minute and stop worrying about what time it is right now and say, God, I thank you for your unfailing love. David, 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 my God, he also emphasized, Brother Josh, I see you. He also emphasized the Lord's power and reminding us that he's the one that made the heavens and the earth. I'm able to do it because I'm the one that made the heavens. I'm the one that made the earth. I'm the one that took nothing and made something out of it. Why are you stressing over your nothing? And God said, I took nothing because there was nothing for me to take. And I created the heavens and the earth. What are you worrying about, my child? God said, I'm able to do it. David said, he's the one that created all things. God is infinitely mightier than his creation. Hey, we think creation is something. God is mightier than his creation. Don't come telling me all the places you've been and everything that you've seen and how majestic it's been because I got something better than what you've ever seen. I can say how majestic is his name. And when I look out over the heavens, 
I cannot help but declare the glory of the Almighty God because I know it was nobody but God. He did it all by himself. And so he says, he says, he says, God is our help. Yeah, I got to go now. He says, God is our help and our helper. He's our helper in every crisis and he's all powerful. Hey, have I got a witness? And so guess what? We need to be faithful. We need to be faithful to bear a strong witness about how God has helped us. Stop complaining, stop mumbling, and start thanking God and testify everywhere you go that God has helped me. If it had not been for the Lord, every victory we have won, St. Lucas be because of him. Every trial that we have, successfully endured it's because of God's help every sinful habit that we conquered is through God's strength we always need to give him all of the glory give him all of the praise give him all of the honor hey, you got a responsibility hey, some of y'all looking at me you ain't praising him don't make me call you out so you better turn your camera off because the Lord has been too good for you to just stare at me. But somebody ought to have a thank you. Somebody ought to have a hallelujah. Somebody ought to have a glory be to God. Somebody ought to be able to pray in the spirit and say as David said, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song will I praise him. And then somebody else said, well, pastor, and I'm done. You say, you don't really know my need. You don't really know what I'm going through. Uh, I'm getting ready to go under, pastor. Guess what? You ain't going under. Uh, listen what David said in Psalm 40 and verse 17. He says, but I am poor and needy. Hey, I got a scripture for everybody. You may be folk, you may feel poor and needy here today, but notice what David said. He says, Yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Somebody ought to say, Yet the Lord, he's thinking about me. I may not have money to buy what I want, but the Lord is thinking about me. Hey, then David said, Thou art my help and my deliverer. Hey, make no tarrying, oh God. In other words, God, don't tarry to come help me. Maybe somebody, you need to tell God, God, come on, come on, come on. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with telling God to come on, come on, come on. Hey, tell God, God, I need to hear from you right now. I'm standing in the valley of decision right now. God, I feel like I'm getting ready to make the wrong choice, but I'm trying to wait on you. I feel poor and needed. God, don't tarry. I need you to show up right now. But can I help somebody here today? He may not come when you want him to come, but I promise you, he'll show up right on time. Well, Isaiah, close me out. Close me out, Isaiah. Isaiah says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Either you believe it or you don't. Yeah, I will help thee. Yeah, I will uphold you. God says that. Sometimes you get too weak to hold up on your own. 
And God said, but I'm going to undergird you. And I'm going to hold thee with my right hand of my righteousness. And so watch what government will make up. God says, you don't even have to depend on your own righteousness. My God, I'm going to uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Because God, even though we try to hold on, we know that our righteousness is nothing but 50 rags. But God, I thank you that I realize if it had not been for the Lord on my side, now may Gary Watkins say, I'd have been cut off a long time ago. But thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for being long-suffering, God, because it was nobody. It was nobody but you. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If it had not been for the Lord on our side, put your name in the text. Now may you say, our enemies, would have devoured us. They would have tore us to pieces. They would have ripped us apart. The waters would have overshadowed us. We would have drowned. My God. Ah, The devil wants us to rip us apart alive. And then he wants us to drown, throw us in the water while we're alive. (laughs) He wants us to feel the pain and the suffering. But God, I thank you. Hallelujah. Because it was nobody but God why we haven't been destroyed. Even in our saved life, it was nobody but God while we're still in our right minds. Some of us don't have all the mind we used to have, but we got enough. Come on here, somebody. We've Some of us been through some stuff. Y'all ain't got to help me here. Some people been damaged from the inside all the way out. Been hurt to the core. And then, you know, you might be smiling, but on the inside. Some of us have had great loss that we're trying to yet get over. And it's been years. Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. Hallelujah. But we're still trying to press and we're still trying to hold on. Uh, but the only thing we could say is simply this if it had not been for the Lord on our side. And we look at the true emphasis of that scripture, not so much in the negative, but to the point to where we'll be able to admit that God, I acknowledge that it's been nobody but you. I haven't had nothing to do with it. It's been nobody but you. I should have been cut off yesterday, but it was nobody but you. Come on, somebody. God should have exposed. God should have uncovered by now, but it has been nobody but you, God. Y'all don't forget where you come from. Now, God, I thank you for your word. Share it with your people what you've placed on my heart to share. Thank you for preaching power today. Thank you for your strength. God, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your faithfulness. And God, we realize that it's nobody but you. 
We take no credit for absolutely nothing. We know that it's nobody but you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you what you're getting ready to do. And God help us to rejoice in every situation under all circumstances, knowing that you are our help and our help comes from the Lord. God, we lift up our eyes <laughs> now unto the hills. We're not going to allow the devil to cause us to hang our head down, but we lift our eyes to you, O oh God. Uh, our eyes to the hills from which cometh our help, because our help only comes from you. Those that don't know your darling son, Jesus Christ, as their personal Savior, God, I pray that you draw them before it's too late. Draw them before it's too late. Save them, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we pray for your mercy during this trying time, during this pandemic, oh God. We pray that you would touch the hearts of men and women everywhere. We pray for those who are on the front lines. God, we pray for those who, to the best of their ability, they're, they're trying to do what they know to do. God, I pray for their protection and pray for their safety in Jesus' name. There may be somebody <clears throat> you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I dare not dismiss this service without giving you the opportunity. I want somebody to unmute. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to slowly say this sinner's prayer. Sister Lori, can you see it? And if you're a sinner out there, mm -hmm. I want you to repeat after Sister Lori. If you're a sinner, you need Jesus. You belong to God already. Amen. It's something that you have to do. All you have to do is pray. Just repeat this prayer after Sister Lori. And then I'll be. God bless you, Sister Lori. Amen. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. I believe that your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, shed his precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sins. You said in the Bible that if we confess the Lord our God and believe in our hearts, that God raised Jesus from the dead, we shall be saved. Right now, I confess Jesus as my Lord. With my heart, I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. This very moment, I accept Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior. And according to his word, right now, I am saved. Amen. Amen. Somebody put their hands together and bless God. It's that simple. It's that simple. I said, it's that simple. It's that simple. And if you made that decision, 
<clears throat> and you prayed that prayer, amen. Here's what I want you to do. If you made that decision and you said that prayer, I want you to go to our website, www.greaterstlukecogic.com. And I want you to go to the contact and find the email. <clears throat> Send us an email. Send us an email and let us know that I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. This is not about church membership. Don't worry about that. This is a part of you becoming a part of the kingdom of God. We want to know. We want to know that, hey, I've accepted Christ. And I want to send you some material that will help you with your new life in Jesus Christ. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things become as new. God bless all of you. May heaven shine upon you. It's good to see everybody that's uh, in the presence of the Lord and in